Enter New R Presents. Happy Hour at the Old Timer Tavern, Episode 11, PVP. This episode was recorded live in front of a studio audience on twitch.tv slash lantern noir. Hello and welcome to Happy Hour. It's 5 o'clock in the Eastern Daylight Time. That means we are off the clock and we are on to talking about Dungeons and Dragons and uh-oh. We have our first hiccup. There it goes. It resolved. Whoa, we had the weirdest internet freeze and I'm like, oh no! <laughs> the, Hero, the Hero Forge layers have come for me. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> well, that's its own story. Um, but I let's get through the usual start of show stuff. I am Lantern Noir, your host. I stream a variety of video games and predominantly now Dungeons and Dragons content. We're playing a homebrew Ravenloft game, and I'm also running the Candlekeep Mysteries with two amazing groups of players. And then once a month we do 7C because every once in a while you have to buckle them swashes. And with me is the amazing Graybeard of Graybeard's Tavern. I uh I do variety streaming uh, and on Sunday mornings. Other than that, I'm over at Indoor Adventures occasionally. Uh, this week, I'll be there on Wednesday uh, doing Monster Noir, which is a game I wrote with those guys at 1 in the morning the day before we ran it. And we've been playing it now for two years, and it was supposed to be a one-shot. So uh, we do that, and then um, you can see me here. That's it. I'm I'm low on the bowl of a bar nowadays, but I've got two off-stream games I play occasionally too. So that's me, GB. Cool. Um, so I'll go first this time. My game week has been mm. an interesting one. Wednesday night last week we had our first Candlekeep uh, session, which we talked about last week on Thursday, um, and then Sunday night we continued our delve in my homebrew Ravenloft game. Uh, they. <laughs> This, this is how you know you have adventurers. They've worked their way to the bottom of Ruin Castle, where they've come across a sealed door. Not just like <laughs> door that's locked, but a door that has been hermetically sealed with ship's tar to render it water and airtight. They walk up to the door, the door and announce, oh yeah, we got to open that. <laughs> yes! <laughs> no the, ancient, the ancient elder seal painted on the outside. Yeah, no, no clue what's on the inside, but we're going to open that. Mm -hmm. um, and then there was quite a very much a you loosen the cap for me moment because it came to the party mage to actually make the strength check to pull the door <laughs> open. So well, that, was, that was a good time. Um, they, they had a lot of fun with that game. So how about you? What's been going on this week? Uh, so this week, uh, one of our players had... Um, finals or something so couldn't play thursday night so no supers again uh but um me and the grognards hung out on saturday night and we had a pretty good time we ended up uh because i ended up working again uh on saturday uh -huh. we ended up not playing so we just sat around and and bs'd for like three hours so not much gaming there but um I did play on Sunday uh, morning. We did uh, Grifflands, and that was a pretty good time. And then, of course, me and uh, the eldest house, house elf uh, played <laughs> played our solo campaign over uh, on Sunday evening, and that was a good time. She fought her very first hag, um, 
and she did it with just her and a single NPC. Now, Ooh. she's like seventh level and such, so she did pretty good. All things considered, her tactics were, were sound, and um, there were bumbling humans who the hag was going to eat, and she managed to save them, and uh, they managed to distract her a couple rounds here and there by picking up sticks and rushing towards the hag, and the hag would use her illusion to turn the sticks into snakes and whatever. So, like I said, we in that campaign, because, you know, it's a younger player, uh, <laughs> we have a tendency to ham it up quite a bit. So, uh, good as times, one good should, times. As one should. Because mm -hmm. mm -hmm. that, that makes it fun. Yeah, then uh, I got uh, I really into a game out there uh, called, and this is a video game, um, Oxygen Not Included. That, I've seen that. That is a brain buster, man. That is, they, they don't, there's not a lot of tutorial, and oh. except for content makers out there so uh at some point I, I may i may come on out and 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 make my own set of hey these are 10 things i wish i knew when i started because that game is uh it's rim world for engineers is the way i'll put it it is a okay. cuter rim world but it's for people who who are like very much an engineering mindset because i mean there is math to do upon math upon structural integrity and heat volume and then pipe pipes are pumping water if the water's cold it makes the environment cold if the if the water's hot it makes the environment hot so you can kill your plants with water because the water is too hot or cold i mean it's a crazy level kind of thing and and i keep going this is too much math for me. Why am I doing this? Because and then I can't stop. Because it's the right <laughs> amount of math and it's fun. Uh, that's yeah, why. I guess I keep. That's why I keep. I keep going. Uh, but now, now that I've got coal engines, I'm producing too much carbon dioxide. Okay. Yeah. So I have to. <laughs> yeah. Anyway. Uh, so yeah, that's what I spent the uh, uh, copious free time that I have. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> doing well i did have extra time because i didn't get to play some of my games so yeah, that's there, my week that's a thing get that's the old a thing chat up and running here there we go now, i All would right. i should get into that but i um i still have my my personal game library is growing faster than i'm i have hours to play because i just started playing empire of sin and mm. it's driving me nuts because i can't I can't for the life of me figure out half of what's going on and mm -hmm. that the in-game tutorials are useless for like right. the, the real nitty gritty of running your empire. Um, so now I'm just like running missions, hoping I can keep my empire from going under because I'm, I'm not profitable. And then this <laughs> week they just launched the Arkham horror adventure game. Oh, it just came out on steam. It's a horror. It's an adventure mystery tactical game. Nice. I'm like, oh, I can't wait to get into that. I'm really looking forward to playing it on stream this weekend because I'm pretty yeah, sure that's what I'm going to stream. That's I, I see. There's times where games sneak in like that, and I'm like, how did I not know that existed? That's that sounds fantastic. Really, like I stumbled onto. I think I was no. You know yeah. what it was? I was looking to see if they had released Arkham Horror, the board game, in digital form. 
because mm. I had a good feeling that somewhere in this pandemic they were going to do that. Yeah. And they never did. But then I saw the, in the search on Steam, this pops up and I'm like, okay, that'll, that'll work. Yeah. And, and, uh, Elder Sign is out there. Yes. Uh, which do on Steam, mm-hmm. but El- the, uh, Elder Horror, they did not, they have not put out. No, the actual Arkham Horror, the I Arkham mean. Horror board Ar- game, board game with all the little yeah. like running around and picking up cards yeah. and encounters. That's not out yet. You can, I have a a, a mod on Tabletop Sim. Ah. I've played, um, and it's not bad for solo play. Yeah, because um, it's easier to pick up and put down than actually like laying everything out on the table. Oh my god, yes, and all that jazz. Um, I don't like Tabletop Sim for playing with other people because I feel like mm. it's a little too good. Um. I'd rather, I mean, it's, it's a good physics engine, but it's like, it's too many bits moving around and too much telling people to pick this up, but not that. It's like, I prefer yeah. my games to be all hard coded if I'm playing with other people. So gotcha. we can just focus on enjoying the game. So, yeah. um, so there's that, but so it's been an interesting week on that front. Mm. Um, not a lot. I haven't seen a lot of new D and D news coming down the pipe yet. Um, mm, nope. I, uh, I did get to, uh, on the way home the other day, I managed to stop in and grab my hardcover of the fancy uh, um, limited edition for Candlekeep. Oh. Um, so uh, they, uh, <laughs> I, I walked in and uh, the guy who works at the shop, who's into uh, more into the. Um, twitter and stuff he's like hey gb blah 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 and i'm like hey you got my book and they were like looking around behind the counter uh (laughs) and he's like i'll go grab you one and i'm like wait no limited edition cover you know (laughs) i started to get a little panicked like i would end up with normal cover um (laughs) yeah i can have that i can get that on amazon no uh i love my brick and mortar i buy all my Mm-hmm. All my hardcovers there um, from brick and mortar, just for no other reason than to keep them alive. And and I always get the uh, fan. What is uh what is the uh, Josh call it? Uh, shiny covers. It literally says in my bio in the in the thing D and D books. You know any D and D books with the shiny quote unquote cover. Uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> just set aside for me. I'll be in to grab it. So it's another one though that well, so the own I have bought, I want to say almost every module book that has come out, and I have only used one or two of them because I've either played or hope to play in all the rest. Like Salt Marsh, never crack the book, own it. Uh, uh. Ravenloft never cracked it because because I played it because I played it because I played it you know <laughs> almost all of them I've played in mm-hmm. but I want them so I got them the, the collector is strong in this one well that's just um, the point where you have to start uh, you have to start migrating from player to DM you got the books yeah time to start yeah. running it well I use um, oh what is it Tales from the Yawning Portal. I have used that one in my home in my home game when I had a bigger home game. Now with the uh, the house elf game, I just look up 
free D and D modules, short, you know. Yep. Or I grab something from uh, the Adventurers League. Yeah, no. Now let's just say that um, at least the first adventure in Candlekeep really mm -hmm. is probably up their alley. Nice. Nice. Um, get some. Get get you to a table to play it. So you yeah. can experience it that way first. And then, yeah, I, <laughs> I can totally see it being one that's very easy to to yeah. pull down to that level. And I'm thinking I skimmed through the second adventure, which I don't know why. I'm probably not going to get to it for like four weeks. Oh. Um, well, I mean, I'm just I mean, I'm picturing my group. They're a good group. And we're, we give ourselves yeah. about two to half, two and a half, three hours, maybe four to play at a session. Mm -hmm. I don't see us blitzing this adventure mm. it's just it's gonna right. be too much fun so but i skimmed through that one and that's another one that's like it's it's got some stuff but it's not it's not too heavy yeah um, yeah it, it yeah. can definitely be made to work for a younger audience and it's about books oh they're nice. all about books oh yeah because it's candle key that's the hook <laughs> it's all about the books bibliophiles so, <laughs> indeed um, that's how our, our Wednesday night game ended up with the, uh, lie barbarian. So the librarian, yep. um. <laughs> she's a barbarian that descended from a family of librarians. That's awesome. And just to mess with you, she's also a half elf because why not? Why not? I have, uh, I have wanted to play a, a female tiefling, uh, noble with rage issues. <laughs> for for a long time for a long long time i've had that character in the wings um and uh yeah so we'll see someday no, so oh, speaking of rage issues mm. our topic mm -hmm. of the week came from another dungeons and dads uh discussion that popped up last week that i i read and went oh there is so much to unpack here mm. Um, and I figured like, I know you and I have, I talked a little bit on discord about it and you've been really holding back. Yeah. Um, but there's so much other stuff to unpack. And so here's the scenario. This guy posted and said that he was trying to figure out what to do. His group had encountered a pack of kobolds. They killed all but one of them. And then his wizard befriended one of the kobolds. Mm. Then the party paladin murdered the kobold. <laughs> And and when confronted, the paladin said, well, my god orders me to kill all of these creatures. They're evil. They have to die. And when the party of the wizard argued, the paladin announced that he was going to convert the wizard to his religion, mm. made a religion check, and now the wizard has to follow that paladin's faith and can no longer be upset about the death of the kobold. And, yeah. and he came looking for advice on what to do. Mm. This was a, yeah, should have never happened in the first place. <laughs> I thought, oh, there is so much to unpack here. Uh, yes, yes, yes. Uh, so where would you like to start chiseling away at this block of stone that could become eventually a fine bit of art? Well, it, uh, we will start because we have talked about it before and... Uh, because it was my Tuesday tip on my Twitter today was uh, uh, again about uh, about PvP and such that it should be handled in your session zero. You should uh, definitely talk. Are, are is is it going to exist in our campaign? Do we follow the dice when it does exist? 
not recommended um <laughs> as we've seen in this situation um or is it a you know handle it as it comes up i mean does the game have mechanics for it you know that kind of thing um so yeah i think it should have been it should have been laid out first and foremost in session zero do we have pvp um uh, well, just for starters. Right. And even if you don't cover it in session zero, because I immediately flash back to the, did I talk about that with my Wednesday night group? And mm. like, part of it is the personality of the the people I'm playing with. Um, it's a very lighthearted group. It's a very energetic group. It never even entered my brain to talk about potential PVP issues. Mm. Uh, but that doesn't mean you can't revisit session zero. Once your game is underway, you can say at the beginning of a session, uh, some stuff came up. We need to lock down how we're going to handle it. Let's we're going to we're going to have a conversation for a while before we take our don't leave your dice in their cases for now. Yeah. Keep your dice bags loaded. We're not we're not we're not, we're not no dice come out until we've had this conversation. Blech. Um which is also a really nice like way of like telling everyone this is going to be a, a, a player to player conversation. Yeah. Um and you don't get that rush so just keep your dice away. If you're in a, yes. a, a physical table, it's a nice easing into the moment kind of thing but absolutely so if you don't cover it in session zero that doesn't mean you can't cover it it just means go cover it <laughs> make it a priority and and it would be one too that i would uh i would wait until you're gathered i wouldn't just like drop it on a on a discord or or, or a text or something i would wait until like you're saying we're all gathered up. Okay, here's something that came up because that's going to be more permanent, um, <laughs> more memorable. Well, and there's less possibility of people starting to try to read into things if they're mm -hmm. if they're doing a thing, um, they aren't going to read into what you wrote and try to find it. So like, because you can quickly say, "Here's what I mean. Here's where my concerns are." Yeah, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So. My other thought, too, is if you're saying we're going to let the dice settle it, then a real great question I'd be asking is why bother? Because everyone knows what they want to see happen. Yeah. It's really hard for any group to truly divorce themselves from the moment when there are no hard and fast rules to cover it, which things like I'm going to make you follow my religion, I don't think appears anywhere in rules as written. So anything a DM comes up with as the rules is going to show their preference. Yeah. You know, this, this DM clearly said, Oh, it's a quick religion check. Well, they really wanted to see this resolved that way. Yeah. I would have done. Okay. Well, first you need to make a persuasion test. Then you need to make a religion test. This is a pose with an insight test. And then you yeah. have to like, like this becomes an entire skill challenge. And then me being me, I'm like, Oh yeah. And anytime you deviate from your faith in front of this person, they get to roll to unconvert. <laughs> right, right. Another, another. Yeah. So, yeah, I would. Yeah, that that's that's a pretty good way to make it. Like, a, I would have definitely drawn it out and made it more of a skill challenge kind of thing. Mm -hmm. Um, and and maybe had an opposed roll. Like, you make a religion check, and you make a you know either a wisdom save or, or 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 sell me what skill are you going to use to defend yourself or what you know party you know i'm the wizard 
I use logic <laughs> versus your your religion. Um, you know, however, however they would choose to do that. Um, My logic you know. trumps your dogma. How <laughs> yeah. is your logic any less dogmatic with your adherence to it? Ah, exactly. Um, <laughs> yeah exactly um also too yeah uh definitely do the um do do uh either reoccurring where now the paladin has to keep up with this mm -hmm. you know okay you're deciding to convert this individual you have decided uh, you know to have this this argument betwixt players this this uh you know, face off and you won. So now how are you going to maintain this, this situation, you know, just. Well, it's, it's a little bit too. It reminds me of people who think they can change your mind with one argument on the internet. Yeah. It's like the reality is no one buys into any philosophy from any single event. I mean, yeah. short of a burning bush, or partying sea or empty tomb there there are very few documented cases of x happened people converted to y faith unless yeah. it is at the point of a sword i mean that that's a very specific subset of people instantly <laughs> yeah. convert um but outside of that um it's a it's a process and I, i'll often say when, when people say why are you still arguing with these people on the internet because i'm chipping away at it Yes, it's a process. The more times I say, you know, that's a little racist. Mm. They get a little bit closer to going, wow, yeah, maybe it was that they're not going to do it in the first one, but it's not going to happen. if I don't maintain that, um, that constant like, hey, have you thought of it this way? Have you thought of it this way? So it's like that the extended skill challenge makes a crap ton more sense than a single die roll. Yeah, to change yeah. a character. Uh, the and one of the the wrenches in the works for this that uh, that I had thought about um, was th the use of magic, and this will lead back into the okay. Do we have this in our game? Because Garsh knows that uh, if you have a bard in the party, they're going to be able to fly charms and whatnot fly everywhere and you know suggestions from clerics and 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 stuff so if you set it up that you can pvp then well it's it, all that stuff becomes viable and as much as you know your your lie lie barbarian um librarian um you know has that six wisdom and the cleric then casts suggestion you know you will kill all the kobolds we see <laughs> they're not gonna make that wisdom save they just literally are, are not you know i mean it would be a miracle um mm -hmm. so uh yeah Although there's a, an easy lore way around that if you want to. So if you're thinking, gosh, you know, I want, I don't want this to become out of control. The easy out is remembering that an adventuring party usually, not all cases, mm -hmm. um, have experience together. Yes. Even first level adventurers are still a cut above a commoner. So they mm -hmm. had to do something to get to level one. Yeah. So something happened from level zero to one. And, and the way I would do it, if the bard starts going, I'm going to throw this charm or this 
everyone in the party knows the bard's tricks. Yeah. So the minute the bard starts making the wookie fingers mm-hmm. or starts like, you know, slips into a particular kind of, of rhyme scheme, everyone mm-hmm. in the party goes, whoa, whoa, stop. <laughs> la, 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 like, la, 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 I, la, la, la. I have seen you do this. <laughs> and, and the difference is most of the time, I mean, 99 times out of 100, when the party goes somewhere and the bard goes, all right, I'm going to get us our free room and board tonight and walks up to the bar, the dude has no clue what's coming. Yeah. Yep. I mean... And they make a point of that in a lot of the, some of the published adventures. Like, this is a barge keep who is known to cater to adventurers. They have mm. advantage on wisdom saves. Right. Because they know the shenanigans. <laughs> um, and so that kind of factors into it. So, yeah. but most of the time people are like, I don't know what that guy's doing when he's making the finger gestures. Yeah. Until suddenly they're like, oh, hey, I should kill Earl over here. Yes. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Give... I think it's a great idea to let you have my gold here. <laughs> yeah. Well, and that again, that's it, it comes down to the party you're running with because I can I can see some groups are like I don't care if my character never gets gold because the bar keeps charming her to say hand over hand over your share. Okay. Yeah. I'm fine with that whatever, but I know some groups are like I hate playing with this group. I don't like them anymore. They're not fun to play with. It feels like they're cheating. Yep. Um like you got you kind of got to know your players. Yeah. And and to the how yeah the tone of the game the game system uh, all play into that too because if you're you know if you're beer and pretzeling it and it's supposed to be you know uh, the more um, free flowing. Um, you know, like Conan the Barbarian, the movie uh, type thing. Where, Race you for know. impact. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You know, Race for impact. Oh, hey, it's Enceladorosaurus is popping in, and she's bringing everybody. Hey, oh well. Oh, thank you, everyone, for coming in. Uh, welcome, Raiders. Um, if you were listening to us on the podcast, hang tight. We'll be back to you in just a second. Um, I am Lantern Noir. Uh, welcome to Happy Hour at the Old Timer Tavern. Uh, I'm here with my great friend Greybeard. Hey, who, Raiders! <laughs> who has gone Raider? Who has gone Viking on us for this? Um, we get together every Tuesday at Happy Hour and we talk Dungeons and Dragons. And so this is our opportunity to come in here and uh, and just kind of, as you can see between the two of us, uh, we have a couple of years experience and we are in the process of talking through all of that. So welcome aboard. We're, we're glad to have you chilling out and hanging out this afternoon. We are in the middle of a discussion about player versus player versus environment versus DM. And we've been kicking around some of our experiences and some of what we know works and doesn't work <laughs> um, in the circumstances. Um, no, and that just... was last week. <laughs> <laughs> we were just talking uh oh yeah the irish accent that i tried at the end uh that i can't do on command uh the uh we were just talking about uh bards charming other player characters and uh should that be a thing uh clerics being able to use suggestion on their own party members and how you should set that up from uh from your session zero if players can can fight with other players and and such um because the example we were looking at was the paladin converted the wizard in the party to his religion with a single religion role 
which is yeah. somewhat problematic when you when you boil it down. Um, what's interesting too, and this goes back to the idea that they got the cobalt to surrender, and the wizard um, befriended it, and that was before the paladin said, "I must smite it. It is a cobalt. It will die." Um, is that one of the big changes that's come out? Especially Candlekeep made it official now, sort of, that there are no evil races. Wow. And alignment has now been moved into an optional rule category. Oh, neat. So neat alignment has been removed. Um, so it gets into the idea that there's no such, officially in Dungeons and Dragons, there are no inherently evil creatures. Right. That anything who that is sentient has the choice to do good or evil. Right. And that's something that's that's pretty new and pretty radical. And I've read a lot of commentary on the fact that that has ruined the game. Yeah. We'll have to pin it and make it a show. Because <laughs> that I, yeah, we, you know, that's, that's a really good one. Um, and I would, would love to expound on that, but, uh, but let's, uh, let's stick to the player versus player. Well, well we yeah. So. Although in this context, it does factor in slightly. Yeah. And here's the thing. If the player who befriended the cobalt is thinking, well, this kobold might turn out to be a good person if we just treat him better. Mm -hmm. You know, give him some shinies, maybe a sock. He'll, like, yep. be kind of cool about things. No, don't give him a sock. That's bad. Um, he'll he'll become part of our party. And the uh, paladin's still working on the old system of, no, it's a kobold. It can't be good. It is, it is inherently evil. I... And right there, there you've got a conflict, which... Somewhere, somebody has to step in and go, well, guys, this is how this world's going to work from now on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> we have to assume in the situation that was uh, fronted by this person that that in their realm or in their world, kobolds are equal evil. And, and so I guess from working from that, I still think that the uh the wizard should be able to have a counter argument mm -hmm. you know and 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 plead for the the kobold's life or say i will convert this kobold <laughs> that should have been the better quest <laughs> well it gets too into the and this is like the next step is we've we've converted the player and now the player is honor bound to role play being faithful to this new god right. and and there's something really tough anytime i think you take a player and you say this is how you need to play your character now right because even on the topic of alignment i've been a, uh, i think it was um matt corville's the one that said it where he said alignment is descriptive not prescriptive yeah uh, you play your character and your alignment will change based on what you're doing because it's describing who you are in general Mm -hmm. Whereas when you say it's prescriptive, it becomes, okay, I am a chaotic good character. In this moment, I have to do this because it's the chaotic good thing. Yeah. And that takes away half the fun. Well, and I think that it, it depends on how you use it. Because if, if you use it as the gauge of, all right, I'm a knight of this order and my alignment is lawful neutral 
how would how would I approach this situation? That's one thing. And with the ability to say, hey, I today's the day where I I see the bad and I will hold, you know, uh, rebuke the law so that you know uh, the the greater good can can uh, um, flourish. <laughs> you know, I was thinking about that too. I, I don't spend, want to spend too much on alignment because there's still stuff to unpack on this. But yeah. you have seen Firefly. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So you are familiar with the famous du- at the end of the duel, a, a good man mm. would show mercy, stabs him. <laughs> uh, I guess I'm okay. Stab him again. <laughs> and we know torture is wrong. So stabbing a man who is down is torture. Right. Does this make Malcolm Reynolds no longer a chaotic good character? And then then it gets really twisted, and we should really save this because it's one of those where it's turned, well, is that, is it evil to try to teach a lesson to someone who is evil um you know uh evil beget evil or or is it okay because they're evil punishment okay. for we will God. anyway we'll pin more alignment for larry because you really right. do alignment. i can tell you're pulling back on that one yeah I, I was thinking about that moment this morning about the because my my players are in a situation my paladin at my sunday game has been confronted with a vampire begging for her life Right. And insisting she can be converted back to humanity. Mm. And so now he's like, crap. Like, he wants to smite her. He is yeah. a paladin of raven kind. He is oath bound to destroy the undead. Yeah. But, but isn't that an amazing quest to to convert this individual and, and try to save them? Uh, even if Even if you believe that... <laughs> You know, as a player, they you believe that this is just a ploy to you know save their skin. Does your paladin believe that? <laughs> and and this is the thing about that whole I have to follow the religion. I would hate as a DM to ever tell a player, well, you have to still roll to attack. You don't get to decide in this moment. Yeah. Or worse, you're a good character. You can't smite her. Right. You have to hold back because that's what your character would. It's like. That's not what I bring to the table. Yeah. It's not my job to tell the players these kinds of choices for their characters. That's what players are for. Right. And I've really seen it end well. I I did enjoy that uh, due to a player versus player. Mm-hmm. I like the fact that in this uh, edition, um, all you have to do to you know say that you're not killing someone is say i'm doing subdual damage mm-hmm. i am not I'm not trying to kill them uh what's hard is when you get into magic then it becomes difficult you know there, I, there's I, there are no flaming spheres of subdual yeah i'm the, sorry i'm the alchemist and i'm gonna huck acid in your face but i'm doing it to subdue so do you, you. <laughs> okay now wait i'll back that up that you can get away with i mm-hmm. will totally as a dm i would roll with that Okay. It's called tear gas. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> there you but, but again, that, we've talked about this before with like that part of like, what kind of game are you running? Cause I played with people who are like my character sheet. It doesn't say I have tear gas. Mm. It says I have a vat, a vial of acid. Yes. And I've seen people who are like, Oh, it makes sense. It's thematic. It's dramatic. It's fun. Yeah. And that's the kind of thing that it depends on your game. 
If you've yeah. got the hardcore, uh, we are tracking every ration we eat every day. Nope. Yeah. But if you're playing in a campaign where it's like, yeah, totally. I, I have what I need when I need it. Yeah, you can do some duel with your acid. It's a it's a pepper spray of some kind. Right, right. You mixed it different this time. A chicka, chicka, chicka. Oh, exactly. <laughs> nice. Or maybe you're a clever alchemist, and part of that six seconds of preparing to throw it that comes mm -hmm. with your one action per combat round is actually blending two chemicals because you don't walk around with vials of pre-mixed chemicals that if you were to say fall. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's like epoxy. You have to put the two things together. Exactly. For a yep. reason. <laughs> Uh, a pocket full of acid vials yeah bad idea oh god i played in a larp once mm -hmm. where they they um they had written into the game and i don't entirely know why uh weapon damage in their effects mm. and there was an alchemist who walked down a hallway and he triggered a trap and it was one of those you take x damage and everything on you takes x damage Oh. And he was also the guy in charge of carrying the party's healing potions. Oh. So he had like an entire campaign worth of healing potions on his person. Right. And it was like, that was it. They were, they, they'd spent three months stocking up so they could go to a real full-time long weekend event. Yeah. All of it was wiped out in that instant. Oh. And I'm like, that's, that's, that's kind of crappy game design. <laughs> That's harsh. That was yeah. That was not fun to watch. Uh, I remember in first edition, uh, we used to do that kind of thing. Mm -hmm. Equipment, equipment damage. Okay, oh, you've been hit hit by the fireball, and then spend you know way too much time going through people's equipment, making saves for the equipment and stuff. Yeah, it was it was oh god. Oof. Yeah, <sighs> much better now. Um, I like to think so. I like to think you, so. Do we want to keep going on PvP or do we want to step on to uh, versus DM? Well, let's keep let's, let's keep talking about the what some there's more in this anecdote to to unpack. We should stick mm -hmm. on that for mm -hmm. now, I think. Right. Plus, I found out there was a resolution to it. Oh, there was. So, are we ready for the resolution or do we have more thoughts on the current moment where we have the your you've been compelled? I feel like we may have run oh. that down. Uh, other than to say no, uh, this is what I what my conclusion in my Tuesday tip on Twitter was was no player should ever be made forced to do something they don't want to do. It is it should always be player consent with their character, you know. Um, and so yeah, um, in in all kinds of crazy situations, and that's one of the things too that we said in our uh, session zero thing was about do we have player death i mean is there is this the kind of campaign where people die or are you just taken out you know do you get you you get little x's on your eyes for the moment and 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 is resurrection or uh revivify that kind of stuff is that readily available or or you know is a character death a character death you know um so, again, can a player kill another player? Because in my second edition campaign, years ago, uh, <laughs> uh, we had we had players who would turn on each other. There were there would just you know, they. I had a character who would spend their gold to hire assassins to kill another character. 
<laughs> you know, kind of stuff. So that was a uh, definite player versus player situation. <laughs> That's harsh. Yeah. And that, you know, and like the DM, the, the, the player, the elder player in me is like, I remember those days. Mm-hmm. I remember plotting with DMs. I'm like, I got to get back at this other character and we should. And I remember thinking, looking back, I'm like, man, I just should have let all that crap go. Mm-hmm. It was not worth it. Yeah, and me trying not, my thing back then was me trying not to tell players what to do with their characters. And so when one would come to me and say, okay, I'm hiring an assassin to kill this person. So then when the assassin would show up, the party would defend the person, and then they would hunt down, you know, try to hunt down the assassins and, and, you know, all that kind of stuff. So eventually the person was going to be found out or the other character was going to die first. Turns out the other character died before the party figured it out. So, you know, and then it can create if it, if your group is amicable to it, it can create some really really neat role-playing game, role-play opportunities. Yeah. Because then you get into that moment of like, you know, it's been 4 months that we've been on the hunt for this assassin through all these various guilds and, mm-hmm. and, and the gold changed hands like five times because, well, you know, gig economies are really hard to maintain. And so there was a <laughs> lot of subcontracting going on and, and, and so forth and so on. And it sounds, you know, I can totally see that too. You know, the contract mm-hmm. gets passed off and passed off and maybe it gets lost somewhere in a game of poker and whatever. Um, and then at that moment we're like, oh, it was you all along. <laughs> And, and my biggest thing, so I, if a player came to me now and said, I want to do this, the, the me now would say, okay, I'm down for you spending your character goal on this, but if I'm going to be the dungeon master that runs this, this is, this is the end game. Yeah. Your character will be the legendary villain at the end. There, yeah. there is no coming back from this. Right. Once you sign up, there will be a moment where I will then reveal I have a copy of your character sheet Mm -hmm. that's going to be the the I mean and things I've read I've 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 read in some of the things, a fifth level character is not a fight for a party of fifth level characters. Right. So you gotta make it interesting. Yeah. Um Um, my my favorite on that one was the uh two and a half year evil campaign we played. Mm. Um and the the entire party was evil except for the druid who was true neutral and this is way back in second edition and i know i've told the story before but it's very poignant for today so played for two and a half years they their evil spread they conquered lands they had castles and armies and blah blah all that jazz and they they were uh they were on a boat and they were 500 miles out into the ocean and every day, the druid casts Goodberry and gives everyone a Goodberry oh, yes. for food. Well, back then, you could reverse spells. So this morning, the druid hands out bad berries. Save versus poison. But, 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 but you know, everybody saves or doesn't and takes damage. Well, while they're doing that, he casts warp wood on the ship. So the war- boards and the planks of the ship all go warp. Water comes pouring in. He turns into a dolphin and jumps over the side or jumps over the side and turns into a dolphin and just swims away because evil, the evil in the world had <laughs> had had grown too far and he was seeking the balance because at first there wasn't enough evil in the world. So the paladin or the uh, 
druid was trying to create the balance and then he realized it was time it was time uh, and out of that only one character survived other than the druid of the uh, four other players three of the four died but so. here's here's the linchpin question did you all yeah. get together and play again after that oh yeah 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 we 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 it that was back in the day where it was only at the table and <laughs> there was no internet um so so yeah um and we all remained friends um but we didn't go into it saying we're evil we are all evil and there that campaign consisted of a lot of note passing at the mm. table constant note passing and as the dm i would feed into it and they would feed into it too so sometimes the notes would just say you know hey dm hi you know or just be a smiley face or you know uh because we were kids the uh, it's just a, a penis okay thanks guys uh <laughs> you know um that sort of thing um or should i say thanks guys um anyway uh <laughs> the um uh you know, so player versus player is definitely, uh, it can be a lot of fun if if you know what you're going into. If it's a Blades in the Dark kind of campaign or a Gangs of New York sort of feel and uh, or even, you know, Sons of Anarchy <laughs> where where people are doing things and you're like, why, did, why are you doing that? Or, you know, people end up dead. Oh, God, we're still in the gang. Now we got to get rid of the body to do the other thing to, you know. Um, so yes, it, it definitely depends on your players though. But yeah. I, like I said, the, the, the bottom line is no one should ever feel uncomfortable. Uh -huh. so. Well, and that's, and that's why the real question is if the party is on board with that kind of a game, mm -hmm. then that's the best way to play it out. I mean, we played uh diplomacy when I was in high school and oh out of my group of like eight friends, everyone yeah. was into it except me. <laughs> and, and at the time I took that as like a personal, like I have a, something wrong with me. Yeah. Everyone loves this game, but me. Um, and part of it too, was the first time we played it, I was out in the first 15 minutes. Right. Like right, three right. moves in. I was my, my, my country was, was, was wasted, gone Bye. Yeah. Like off the yeah. map. I, um, that game is the make or break friendships game. It yeah. really, it really is anybody who, has never played diplomacy do not play it with a with a significant other uh, um, uh someone you hope to be a significant other <laughs> or good friends um because it's one of those where you should only play it at convention where you'll never see those people again and mm -hmm. um and you all go into it knowing what you're getting into but they, um, because it is pvp oh yeah that's all that really is. liked that like they were yeah. really into that kind of a game. Um, and it showed up more as we kept playing because when we played Shadowrun, that was a common theme mm -hmm. was such so-and-so's character is mad. So he's going to, I mean, we had nights where it was, we were literally being hired to go kill another player's character. Right, and right, right. because there were so many of us, sometimes we would break up into two groups to play and mm -hmm. there'd be a moment where we're like, okay, we've got that spot. Well, let's take a break and play some Nintendo. Why? Because I, I got to talk to their DM for a second. It's like, okay, they're at the spot where they're gonna kill him now. And 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 the same time, some of us were like, oh, this is really cool. And some of us were like, this is really jerky. Right. Like I'm really uncomfortable with this. Mm -hmm. Um. So there is a lot to be said for like 
how much control people want versus how much everyone else at the table wants and being trying to find that balance between them so that everyone still keeps having a good time, which is freaking hard. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It, it definitely is a, a situation that uh, needs some finesse. So uh, the real quick question. Are you hearing the, or the audience maybe, are you hearing the beeps from my discord no notifications? Anyone? Awesome. All right. I am going to shut it down anyway because now it's distracting me. <laughs> and I'm on so many Discord servers that it's a constant. I'm bad. I have most of mine on mute because mm. I just can't keep up with it. And I just kind of go through phases of which ones I'm active on. Right, right. I just, I, I'm on a few too many, I, I admit. So the re there was resolution for this particular party. Mm. Um, he got in, in the group. And I highly recommend this Facebook group. It's called the... Uh, DMs and dads and DMs or dads who DM or something like that. D and D dads. I think it's D and D dads. Um, so a lot of us had suggestions and most of them we've talked about here. Um, yeah. The resolution was the player, since he was a wizard was able to create a necklace that would mm. force whoever was wearing it to see kobolds as friendly cohorts. <laughs> And he was able to then sneak it onto the paladin by claiming it was a different kind of charm. I see. Huh. Uh, and he approached the DM with this as a possible solution. The DM signed off on it and said right. the next time they got to a magic shop, he could get it enchanted. And it'd be a quick, you know, persuasion check to convince the paladin it was. Or maybe he just, just give it to him anyways. Yeah. and But the... <laughs> But but the kobold was still dead. Oh, kobold was very dead. Yeah. So, um, in our uh, we played Storm King's Thunder when it first came out over on Sir Lucian's channel, um, and uh, it was very early in streaming, very early in fifth edition, and we had a prisoner um, that I believe it was our paladin. Uh, was trying to convert he was an Uthgard barbarian who was very young and he was like he was working on converting him and our wood elf uh when she was on watch murdered him in his sleep and it became a real thing a real a bunch of drama um because the the um the paladin then cast uh not spare the dying quiet repose cast quiet repose on the body when we got to the next town he went to his temple gave up his sacred plate mail armor to get the 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 boy r r risen and bam he was back and so now the wood elf was even more like incised like they, that's an enemy of my people and they slaughtered my village and la 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 and so it became a good you know good dramatic you know tension and whatnot but they came to the the conclusion that okay i'm giving you a chance on this guy to convert him you know he makes one false move and i'm gonna let him have it you know kind of thing and so it became a really good bit of party tension um and totally came from nowhere. We didn't see it coming as as the other players, you know. Um, so yeah, it it became our 
our Civil War before the Civil War uh, Marvel Universe uh, had had that or it occurred. They totally so, ripped that off. That's that's not cool on their part. Yeah, I know. That's, I know. I yeah, you should have at least gotten some royalties out of that. Yeah. Oh, my tinfoil hat disappeared. Um, <laughs> I needed to put it on to protect my brainwaves so they wouldn't steal stuff from me. Um, Amen to anyway. that. And what is it, what is it with, with Killing the Night? Because that immediately reminded me of we had a, a meltdown one night because our camp got attacked in the middle of the night. This mm. was a Robotech game. Mm. And somebody got hit, but only by with like a massive amount of damage, right. but only by enough that if he was wearing a helmet, it would have protected him. Right. Which then launched into a, do you sleep in your helmet debate <laughs> that went on for like an hour. <laughs> Because because it would I mean it was it would have been it was fatal damage it was it was yeah. Robotech so it was mega damage right All against right. a structural damage human because right. the mega damage helmet was off. Gotcha. And okay. thus the well if I was wearing my helmet well you were sleeping I'm sleeping my helmet no you don't <laughs> yes I do because there are things around here with mega damage weapons <laughs> and then like four hours later I'm still I can't believe you killed my guy stupid. <laughs> I was like, oh, man. Oh, yeah. Oh, Robotech. Oof. Yeah. Great concept. Really weird rules. Well, it could be if it wouldn't have been in the Rifts uh, system, if someone were to rewrite it today, mm. I, I think they could they could do a much better job of it. Um, as some of the systems out there that I have played now... It's it's much faster, but so much less crunchy, which is which is the balance. There is no, and I mean I have looked at a lot of of Mech Warrior, BattleTech, you know, uh, Mecha uh, type game, Gundam type games, and a lot of them are either really narrative uh -huh. or really crunchy, and it's just they need to they need to have the Reese's peanut butter cup version of it that comes together and it's like num, 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 you know the super nummy so yeah well that's something you can yeah there there are ways to balance that I just I think it's really interesting thinking about this particular party with the cobalt that there's the agreed upon solution was another player agency robbing solution. Yes. So that really seems to be like their group is very tied in to um, that idea of of screwing each other over. And I, I would predict, as we've been talking, that probably within a few months they're going to start with the and we're going to put out a hit on so-and-so. Yeah. like It's, it's yeah. kind of the foundation is there, and they seem to be cool with it. And and that's and that's just it. You had said it earlier. If it is still entertaining for everyone, uh -huh. they, why not? Um, I played a pyromancer uh, uh, in a campaign, and I had a six wisdom and a like ten intelligence. Um, but sorcerer, un unworldly power, you know, sixteen or eighteen charisma type thing. So he was really charming, but dumb as a brick you know he's beautiful and charming and, and all this but the halfling rogue in the party was robbing him blind just <laughs> robbing him blind and he 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 talked to me about it he's like hey you know i keep doing this stuff because you're dumb and and not very wise and i said oh yeah it's fine 
you'd better hope he never figures it out. (laughs) (laughs) And, and he's like, I get it. (laughs) And so like, um, one morning I woke up and my magic ring was gone. The halfling had stolen my magic ring while I slept. And when I woke up and I found it, I was like, Hey, where'd my magic ring go? And the halfling deception check said, the guards kept your ring when you were, when they took you in, they must've taken your ring from you. And, (laughs) and just to show him that actions have consequences. I was like, they did fine. Kick the door to the inn open and walk down the street with my hands on fire, heading towards the guard post. And the halfling's like dragging behind, like pulling my robes, like, no, 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 uh, you know, you shouldn't do that. (laughs) No, because I was about to level a guard house with constant fireball, you know, kind of thing. Um, Yeah. So, you know, actions have consequences. So if you're going to play that way. (laughs) Is that how that works? Mm hmm. Well, yeah, and that's, I mean, and that's the way it should be played. If everyone's ha- enjoying it, that's that's the way. And it kind of loops back to the one I talk about a lot, the, the blown-up game. I, a lot of those players didn't know they were signing up for a proto-game of Thrones. Uh, who's yeah. going to backstab who? Um, playing Vampire over the years, I've always found very challenging because Vampire the Masquerade is a game of of intrigue and cloaks and daggers and gothic horror, and it's supposed to be, like, I often enjoy the game as a study of, of asking what is humanity? Like, mm-hmm. what does it mean to be human by being someone who's not, um, who can't be right as it were, but there are a lot of games where it's all about backstabbery. And I had a hard time back in the, uh, gosh, it was the mid nineties. Mm-hmm. Um, I actually met Mrs. Noir at a game of live action vampire. Mm-hmm. Yes. And, right. um, Shortly after I stopped going, somebody started a um, evil vampire, the Sabbat, oh, um, story yeah. arc, and they actually converted the entire game over the course of a couple of months. Okay. <laughs> it was it was methodical, but it was yeah. one vampire at a time. They literally got one, and they got another, and they yeah. and, and her character eventually got got. And became right. part of the whole, like, we're going to try to get so-and-so this week. And eventually they maneuver so-and-so. And it's like, well, there's three of us and one of you. Yeah. Either you're oh, dead man. or you're converted. Right. Because that's how the game works. And, I, and I, I've often reflected that. I was kind of glad I wasn't playing through that. Because I wasn't I wasn't into playing evil vampires. Right. I kind of liked the redemptive story arcs. Or yeah. the, you know, a little bit of that. I'm fighting against my inner nature to to not succumb to the beast. Yeah. Uh, and I would not have enjoyed someone telling me, well, there's three of them and one of you. You can either make a new character, you can be evil, or you can stop playing with us. Right. And yeah. I know a few people who did quit. You know, right. They got got and they went, well, I guess I'm done playing now. And they walked away from the game. And that's, yeah. a, that's a weird spot, especially with a LARP, because... A lot of LARPs hang on players driving story. Right. When it's a big open thing, it's hard to run a LARP. It's, if running a table is hard. Right. <laughs> With right. You know, up to eight players. Can you imagine trying to run a university um, union building with like 40 players? 
Yeah, and particularly in the in a more live action situation, uh, we we did um, a, a vampire. We did multiple vampires over the time when we were running the the gamers guild at the college we went to, and in that it was it was entertaining um, to see the different people and personalities and the you know the game itself lends to player versus player you know your your uh brua are going to definitely be troublemakers yeah in in the extreme and you know uh it's just it it really lends itself to that interpersonal conflict where you've got to mitigate is the real interpersonal content uh, conflict versus the you know the the player conflict because we had some you know not to be stereotypical but to be stereotypical some definite nerds playing you know the the you know the the guys who had you know only ever played dungeons and dragons with theater kids goth theater kids coming in and being like Oh wow! I can be a vampire for reals, you know. <laughs> I will. Then, I will stand here and show off my knowledge of Shakespeare by continuing every by ending every sentence with a quote from one of the plays. Exactly, and so yes. So then you, you've got all this, you know, all, all this the, the the personality tensions going on, and 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 stuff. It was it was hard. It was it was hard. Um, but it was very satisfying to have those interpersonal interpersonal conflicts as long as they stayed in game you know when when people you know uh started being weird or creepy then they were ousted very quickly and it was something that wasn't as prevalent um uh, behavior wasn't as good behavior wasn't as prevalent and there weren't safety tools back then so it was upon us running the game to to implement that kind of thing where it was like time okay nope <laughs> back that uh, that rewind hit that rewind button because that that is not going to happen in my game you know yeah. well that's so. a game too that i think a lot of people who get into playing it um it's a hard one to set up because dungeons and dragons is relatively easy if you ever get strapped for content throw a monster at them it's like any other good action movie you know we've got 25 minutes to kill we'll call up the cgi department and see what they can slap on the screen for 20 minutes right and then call up the choreography guy because they're going to be busy for a few minutes and then it'll work um but a game like vampire if you don't want it to turn into pvp you have to work to come up with ways that's like okay you have three hours to convince each other what the solution here is and how to throw your resources at it because that's right. a, that's the vampire game i always thought i would be showing up to the game where okay who's going to get me on their side mm -hmm. so i can lend my power to support them right yeah the toreador has to talk the bruja into working with the uh oh why can't i remember it the 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 nasferatu um <laughs> you know yep you know i'm I'm just a slow-talking gentleman from the West. You see, back in my day, a good vampire just kept out of the way unless there was a card table going. You come out, you play some cards. All this stock market crap that Ventrue get into now, I 
I don't reckon I really understand the difference between looking down and seeing two ladies staring back at you and trying to figure out what the Dow Jones is going to do next. <laughs> it's all a gamble. Now, if you ask me, I'll take them two ladies smiling back at me over that whatever TikTok stock is. Because at least I know there's probably another lady waiting to come say hi. And my three ladies, they're going to beat your two boys any day of the week. Oh, man, that's awesome. Thank you. I haven't done Roger in so long. Uh, yeah, yes, I, Roger I, Roy's, which was my, oh, okay. which was a playoff Roy Rogers. Oh, duh, duh. <laughs> I'm sorry, I didn't see that. Happy trails to you. Ah. Um, yeah, and of course, you know it was the '90s, and so you know I I played a a, a vampire named Cockroach. And all, all his points were into he he wasn't strong or fast or whatever. He was just stupid tough. He literally <laughs> would do things like he robbed he robbed a dance studio to get a pink tutu so that he could jump out in front of a semi truck doing a, a the best periwet a, a punk could do. And the truck managed to stop before it hit him. And the guy gets out and is like what's wrong with you? And he's like, what's wrong with you? You were supposed to run me over. <laughs> you know, <laughs> that kind of insanity, you know, he had the daredevil trait and, and all that yep. jazz. So it was just, you know, it was about how much, how much he could take uh, damage or, or, or abuse and whatnot. So, yeah. yeah, different world. I think topic wise, the idea of us really, I mean, Laying out the difference between player versus player, players, player versus environment, player versus DM is so many layers mm -hmm. that I feel like there's a lot of good conversation just in like managing player versus player conflicts. Yeah. And so we've talked about um, the importance of a session zero. We've mm -hmm. talked about the importance of a pregame chat, you know, knowing you've got an opportunity to stop and go, hey, you know. Before we get the dice out, let's talk about this either situation that came up, the situation that sounds like it's coming up. Um, that's another big part of D. I mean, it's going to be kind of weird. I, I think the more we talk about running games, the more I, th I reflect on things people have said, because I've had a few times in talking around people say, oh, yeah, he's my dungeon master. We play D&D. And I don't I always feel a little awkward when I hear that, because like I, I'm just the dude who runs the game. Right. Like, my, I show up, I run, but the more I think about my responsibilities, a lot of it's like, no, it's my job also to kind of listen to the post-game chatter, mm -hmm. listen to the between-game chatter, listen <laughs> for things I'm like, oh, geez, this sounds sounds a little bit like our Dwarven Rangers getting ready to snap. Yeah. I should probably talk to him, be sure we're on the same page, mm -hmm. make sure something doesn't come up at the table if we can avoid it. And that is kind of like a, you know, Kind of like being the coach. <laughs> right. Yep. Yeah. The, the, the mitigator of situations. Um, well, and, you know, as we said in our session zero talk, if you have the rewind button, the, um, the, the stop button and whatnot, that's, uh, the, that's all, that's all good practice so that when conflicts do occur, you have a tool to say, Hey guys, can we just rewind that? I mean, or stop and say, guys, okay. Is this, I mean, you, you're about to stab him. <laughs> is this where we want to go with this? Do we, is this going to be part of our, 
our, the way we play is that you know do we want to spend the next four sessions with you know an inter-party you know uh conflict um i'm just dealing with this kind of in our monster noir game which is an improv game so it's yes and yes and and the party split they had not only did they have a split but then they had the two characters who were in love one had been charmed by an elder blah 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 and you know had stabbed the individual that they love while they were charmed you know it uh that whole rigmarole but they wanted it they wanted the drama so it was there well, oh what do we got and that's uh there was a uh, Neutrino wanted a clarification as to what the acronym and the, the stream title is. And that is the oh. abbreviation for Happy Hour at the Old Timer Tavern, yes. which is the official yes, yes, yes. name of the podcast um, right. that we record live every Tuesday at Happy Hour. Um, mm -hmm. And I didn't say this when the Raiders came in. I really wish I had been more forward with it, is that this is, while we are recording a podcast live here on Twitch, um, it is not scripted Ooh. and it is not, it is, it is a free open table. The, the bar is open. And yeah. like listening to any, uh, imagine if you will, you've entered into the old timer tavern and you've seen these two old grognards talking D and D. Aside from a little self consciousness, there's really nothing stopping you from joining the conversation. We're going like, to probably talk a lot more than you, but we're old and that's what we do. Like um, I said, pull up a stool, grab a drink, and you know, hang out <laughs> and, and and join the conversation. Um, and if that's a little too intense for you and you don't want to break into the conversation while we're talking, which we are starting to wind down as we, we round out the, the first hour, we come up on the, the end of the show, um, you can send us emails at oldtimertavern at gmail.com. Um, and we can always talk about those asynchronously on the show. Uh, you can also follow uh, Graybeard at Graybeard Tavern on the Twitters. And throw him ideas. You know, you can... I don't know, I want to say you can always slide into his DMs, but I feel like that's not a thing. Uh, you can if you follow me. I always follow back unless you're a Nazi or something horrible. Um, and uh, and then and then yeah, then we can DM. We can DM uh, back and forth. I I'm pretty damn chatty, so yeah. And there's a link to my Discord, welcome. and we have a D&D chat channel set up. You can join us in there and talk D&D. &D. Um, sometimes we'll, we'll do some pre-show chatter, kind of like suss out ideas. Um, but again, the whole goal of the show is just to get together, talk D&D, &D, talk experiences, swap old stories, um, and hope that the next generation of gamers doesn't have to learn the hard way like we did. I mean, <laughs> you will, because when you're young, you're stupid, and uh, you don't pay attention to the old farts. <laughs> Ouch. Ouch. Okay. I'm sorry. That was a little harsher than it had to be. It <laughs> yeah, was a long day today. <laughs> but you no. Just, you're just going to club that into them. <laughs> you know, they think, okay. I see how you are. <laughs> no, no, no. I should be kind. And, you know, be really honest. It's the newest gamers that are teaching me the most. Because mm. it's, it's the current generation that's making me go back and, and analyze and explore and, and things too. Like, I don't, you've got your pronouns up in the Zoom chat, mm -hmm. which I'm capturing. I don't have mine up because it never occurred to me on this mm. to do that. But for my Candlekeep game, I've got pronouns for characters and players yeah. up. And that's the kind of thing I'm trying to be better about. And those are things that, that younger people have pointed out to me and said, hey, you know, dude, get, yep. get with the program. Um, so, but the goal is always to just kind of help share our experiences and kind of get the word out. So our topic this week was player versus player. 
and just some advice kind of dissecting this one very specific situation of player mm -hmm. versus player conflict that sounded like it worked out for the group but left yeah. i think both of our first reactions were oh this is not good right and and that's and that's what's really great about about it is that we we're able to look at it and i i, I usually i'm lazy i'm really lazy let me tell you um about the show i usually don't know what we're talking about until like sunday or tuesday morning um <laughs> sometimes we kick it around but we don't talk too much off air we really don't and we do it on purpose we met a while back on a discord and we decided we wanted to do the show you know uh we got 70 some years or more experience between the two of us in gaming and we decided we'd save it for happy hour so we could you know have a drink and and chat and one get to know each other and get to know you guys that's what it you know what it's about is talking sharing and uh exploring um our hobby that we love Sweet. And that is awesome with Candlekeep Mysteries. It is um, great. Just picked it up. I'm running it. Um, and it is really a neat collection of little stories to be a great place to get started. Um, they're just, they're really neat. And I'm, I'm so geeked to be running it. I guess it's a, it's a good segue to into kind of wrapping it up. Um, mm -hmm. I'm going to be on next uh, tomorrow night. Uh, my next scheduled stream is tomorrow night. We're running the first official adventure of the Candlekeep series. Um, and then I'll be back again running D&D on Sunday night. And in between, I've got a couple of like scheduled game streams I'm planning. And there might be an unscheduled uh, daddy-daughter time because she mm. desperate kitty kate desperately wants to become a streamer someday and <laughs> and she's been she's been such a little trooper she doesn't want to bother anybody so she's been Aww. doing a lot of solo play a lot of watching mm. youtube or playing by herself and 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 we kind of had a heart to heart today and she's i just i miss playing with you and i'm like all right let's block some time <laughs> out we don't even need to stream it and then she goes oh we can't <laughs> so that is that might be her her bonus for being caught up in school as we get to get back on stream together um so and all of my game times are at seven so it's just check the schedule below and you can see when i'll be on and um how about you what's wh where do we find you next in the lives um so um first i'll say yeah uh non-dairy neutrino i just got my copy today and i had to just put it in the shelves i don't know if any of you were here at the time but i just put it in the shelves next to the other stuff because i buy the books but i also i almost always play it in the modules so i've uh, I, I i can't crack it but i want to own it so yeah uh i i'm really looking forward to kind of following what uh what lantern's doing because i i don't want to look at it because <laughs> i someday may play it um but you can find me uh also tomorrow night so go over watch lantern and then go over to indoor adventures youtube channel and catch uh we'll be playing our monster noir game tomorrow night Ooh. and uh yeah so catch that on the youtube because or watch that live and catch me on youtube either one all fine. right so, so either way, you know, I try to be cool. Um, but yeah, it's a it's a uh, supernatural horror noir game set in the 1920s, and there's vampires and liches and uh, a Durahan and an archfey are in the party currently. Um, other than that, you can catch me Sunday morning, Sunday, 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 where I get to play with you know even more of my toys. 
and uh, we go through the Grifflands, and I'm playing Grifflands right now, which is a animated card game that I I've been blown away by. I, I it's got a very Aeon Flux sort of art style that that is really fun, and and uh, you know uh, we love it. And then back here on Tuesday. Which is which is two thirds of fun. If you're listening to the podcast, thank you for downloading. Thank you for listening. Please, if you had a good time listening to this, throw us a review on the Apple iTunes Store. It'll help other people find the content we are putting out and help spread some of the love and the fun and the knowledge and the experience. Um, if you found us on YouTube, feel free to like and subscribe. If you're watching us as a Twitch VOD, feel free to yeah, somewhere you can click a button where you can continue to enjoy uh, and find more of this content we're creating. Um, are there any parting thoughts from you, sir, before we say goodbye to our podcast listeners? Um, yeah, never be afraid to stop the action, hash it out, and, 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 and go for the drama, go for the conflict. I, I will say, you know, it, as long as everybody's on board, PvP can be, can be amazing drama. I have nothing to add to that other than he's right. Um, if everyone's at the table is having a good time, you're doing it right. And if they're not, you need to back up and ask yourself, why are they not? And then you kind of go from there. Um, so thank you for hanging out. And until next time, stay safe.